This is episode number 95 of the To Birth and Beyond podcast. We're so excited to have you with us on this episode of To Birth and Beyond. I'm Jessie Mundell, mom, kinesiologist, and fitness coach to pregnant and current moms. And I'm Anita Lambert, mom, pelvic health, and orthopedic physiotherapist with a focus on women's health. On the show, we provide information and education on fitness, the pelvic floor, fertility, pregnancy, birth, postpartum, and women's health. We offer a brave space to have candid and vulnerable conversations on the struggles and joys of motherhood, including all aspects of our physical, mental, and emotional health. While you're listening in, please remember that the information on the show is not meant to diagnose or treat any medical conditions. Please speak with your medical provider for all things related to your healthcare. We're so excited to have you. Let's dive into today's show. Hey friends, welcome on to another episode of To Birth and Beyond. It's Jesse Mundell here with you today. I'm doing a solo episode on the podcast. Anita is off this week, but we'll be back next week. I wanted to do a Q&A roundup for you all today. I did a call for questions on Instagram and you sent in so many wonderful questions for me to answer and I'm going to tackle three of them today. So we're going to talk about my first steps in building my business. We will cover how I handle being the primary parent with a shift working partner. And then lastly, we're going to talk about working out alongside little kids at home and how (laughs) to somehow make that not a really constantly irritating experience for everyone. So let's dive into it. So question number one, someone wanted to know what my first steps have been to building my business. So I have had my business, JMG Fitness Consulting, since 2013, about mid-2013. And the way my business looks now at approaching 2020 is very different compared to what it was then. And I will say that building a business that you might want to model that looks like mine in 2020 is going to be very different than 2013, but absolutely some of the foundation will remain. Someone asked me this question a couple months ago, and in thinking about it, the very first answer that I have to give to this question is my privilege. So my very first steps to having any success in business as an entrepreneur are my privileges. And this is in so many realms. My body size, financial and class privileges, my whiteness, my access and location in Canada in largely urban centers over the last 10 years, so many more, but all of these things at its core have allowed me to build a business at all and build a business into what I deem successful. So what this really has started with was my ability to seek education. So number one, 
to the very first way I started in fitness was going to the gyms, going to work out at gyms. And this was in gymnastics when I was a young kid. And of course, I saw a lot of uh, high physicality in those realms. And then my parents got my sister and I a membership at the local YMCA when we were in high school. So I saw people working out and trainers working out with clients in those gym settings. And then I was able to go to university and seek out university-based education in physical and health. And the reasons that I even got to go to university are so based around um, generational wealth, the family I was born into, again, whiteness, my parents supporting me financially, emotionally, and mentally through that experience in applying to university and even being able to go and complete a degree. So there is just so much here that I realize is luck of the draw in many times the situations that we are born into, and I have been incredibly fortunate and privileged to be born into these situations. So with that said, let me give you just a little uh, continued background though of what it has looked like over the last, say, seven, eight years of building this business. So while I was in university for my undergraduate degree, I took my very first personal training certification with CanFitPro. If you're Canadian and in fitness or health, you likely know that body, that governing body. So I did my CanFitPro personal training certification and started working with clients at the university that I was going to. So I got a range of experience working one-on-one and in class-based settings at the university, working with a variety of different people, which was really cool because I had such a huge range of fitness levels and age ranges. I worked with students at the university who were, say, 18, 19, 20, and then I had clients who were in their 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s. So it was a really wonderful experience seeing all of those different bodies and how they moved and coaching differently for different goals. From there, I also got a job at a local boutique personal training studio, and you might have heard me talk about this before, but that personal training studio was specifically prenatal and postnatal based. And this was when I was probably 19 years old. So I've been working with these populations now for how many years is that? 13 years? 13 years, probably. So it was for me, love at first sight. I absolutely loved working with these moms, postpartum people, babies, people in pregnancy. And from there, I decided that I wanted to keep learning as much as I could about working in the perinatal realm. So I went on to do my master's degree across the country at a different university. And hopefully we can, again, recognize the immense privilege here in the opportunity that this even was for me. 
I did my master's degree and it was uh, basically in coaching, in kinesiology and in coaching. And I was able to study whatever I was really interested in during all the classes that I took throughout that master's degree. And I focused all of the research and work that I did on prenatal and postnatal topics. So that was incredible. I learned so much more about the abdominal wall, diastasis recti, the pelvic floor, pelvic floor functions, and quote-unquote dysfunctions. And from there, it really has led me down this path of specializing in pre- and postnatal exercise, fitness, and health. So I graduated from my master's in 2010. That's wild as we're coming up on 2020. So 2010, and then I worked at multiple different boutique fitness studios and gyms, training clients, one-on-one, small group, semi-privates over the next five years. So tons of experience on the floor, working with clients from 6 a.m. to 8 p.m. at night, and just really like literally seeing as many bodies move as possible, building relationships with as many different types of people. And whenever people ask me, what is the main thing that I could do to build my experience in pre and postnatal or in coaching, it is always to work in person with people because you are going to just fast track your skills so so much in those spaces. So approaching, say, 2013, when I started my business, was when online training was just coming up. And of course, we know that things are so different now in this industry. A ton of training happens online. My entire business is online now. But there wasn't really a lot of that happening in 2013. So I started my blog and I started blogging consistently, weekly for sure. I started getting on social media. I was really lucky to be connected with a couple of, at that time, larger websites and blogs and was able to guest blog for those. Uh, And that brought me some exposure which was really helpful at the time. And so for the next couple of years, I kept training in person, but really kept building um, a presence online with social media, with email marketing, with blogging, and started to also train some clients online as well. And by the time we got to 2015, I was pregnant with my first daughter, with my first baby, who is now over four years old. And by the time I got to 37 weeks pregnant with her, we moved out of the larger city we were living in into a smaller city or a town, really. And I took my whole business online from that point, which was terrifying at the time. But I knew that it was exactly what I wanted to do. I wanted to be able to stay at home and be with baby as much as I wanted to for as long as I wanted to. And that luckily has been what I have been able to do over the last four years. So my entire business now is 
all online coaching fitness for pregnant and postpartum people, people in parenthood, motherhood at all different stages. And layering onto that, a lot of trainer and health professional education that goes along with that now too. And starting to get back into some in-person stuff, education and teaching with those fitness and health professionals doing some workshop things. But at this point, still not doing any regular schedule in-person coaching with pregnant or postpartum people on a weekly basis. I would like to get back to a little bit of that maybe within the next couple of years, but right now I just don't want that for myself, for my life, um, for my introvertedness and my scheduling. I love the way my business is set up currently. So that's what it has been. The first steps to building my business, I absolutely have to recognize my privilege in all of these different scenarios that have even led me here. And then combination of education in the forms of schooling, certifications, other courses in person, online, um, a couple of degrees, but then so much of that has really come through in-person coaching. And then again, starting to build um, a body of work online too, where people could find me. Okay, second question. I love this one. How do you handle being the primary parent with a shift working partner? So my husband, Randy, is a firefighter and has been for the last, gosh, six and a half years, six and a half years at his current job where he is a firefighter. So over the entire course of our parenting journey so far, he has been working shift work and I have been working from home fully online, which creates this interesting dynamic in our family where I am the primary parent because he is the one that goes to work. He leaves the house, goes to work. My work, super flexible, can be done at any time of the day, on any day of the week. Although it is not easy, it is flexible. His not flexible in the least. He is on a schedule that rotates. So sometimes he's working day shifts, sometimes he's working night shifts, and we know his schedule from now until forever, but it is set and consistent. So this has been very tricky over the last four years. We have talked about this, Randy and I, on a couple podcast episodes that we have done together and we can link to those in the show notes. Essentially, what I have dealt with on my uh, my side is a ton of resentment. And that resentment has really stemmed from me not setting and holding firm boundaries and learning how deeply I need to be doing that. And I think we've had a really significant breakthrough in this, even within the last, say, three, four months. It has been hard 
to be the primary parent, the parent who has been pregnant for two full-term pregnancies, the parent who has been breastfeeding two babies, recovering from two C-sections, the parent who has been home taking on so much of the mental and emotional load of parenting, and then him, Randy, not having as much as that load on him, leaving the house to go work, but then having a totally different uh, responsibility and world outside of the home. So there has been a lot of us not seeing each other, seeing each other's work and the value that both of us bring to this family, even being able to work. So while it has been so difficult at times and we have done counseling and just so much communication and conversation around this, because we've ran into a lot of struggles with it, I will say that I wouldn't change it for anything. I wouldn't want him to go to, say, a Monday to Friday type schedule. I love the flexibility that shift work does offer our life. And even though I am the primary parent, he is able to take on a lot of the parenting work when he is home for a stretch of a few days in a row between shifts. So that has been really wonderful and that has allowed me to work on my business so much more than say a Monday to Friday with Saturday and Sunday off type situation would allow for. But long story short, this has caused us or nudged us, I don't know what the best word here is, to be constantly addressing patriarchal, and misogynistic ideologies in our life, in our marriage, in ourselves, in each other throughout throughout this journey. And I think that it will continue to. Number one lesson for me though, specifically over the last four years of this, but for sure recently too, is to hold my boundaries. Because if I don't, the resentment builds. And we have been through this countless times. And so I really know that it is my responsibility to set and hold the boundaries and Randy to fully respect that, where that needs to happen. All right, last question. Question number three comes in. And it is about working out alongside young children. And the question really was talking about how do you do this? How do you just let them play or let them be around and keep going through the whining and the crying and not be totally frustrated and annoyed the whole time? So I talk a lot about this. If you follow me on Instagram or Facebook, you'll see videos and pictures of me working out alongside our kids. Our kids are almost one and a half, almost four and a half at this time. And I have been working out at home since just before our youngest was born. And up until that point, I had worked at gyms training clients. And so I had worked out at the gym. So for sure, big adjustment to go from working out in this energized space of a gym to working out at home and then specifically working out alongside little kids who are going to whine and cry through it. Number one thing that has helped me 
working on my relationship between myself and exercise. And I've talked a lot about this in the past, but I have had to really shift the way that I think about my intentions for exercise and what even the purpose of me exercising is. Like, why do I even care to do this? I come from a long history of over-exercising and using exercise as a tool to burn calories or to make my muscles stronger, to burn fat, to lose weight, etc. Essentially, what it really came down to for me is that I was using exercise to avoid becoming fat. And so I have had to do so much mindset work over the last five, six, seven years around that, around my beliefs about fatness, around my anti-fat bias. What do I believe about fat bodies? What are my fears about my body getting bigger, larger, fatter? What is that about? Where does that stem from? Do I believe those stories? Are those stories important to me? Do I want to live with them holding me back from, say, having a more flexible, for me, positive and healthy relationship with movement and my body? This is the constant for me. And I really don't think that I would be able to work out alongside my kids if I hadn't worked on this stuff and really unpeeled so many of these layers. So busting this all or nothing mentality that I had with exercise absolutely had to be broken down and rebuilt into something totally different. So current day, my exercising is purely for my own health, my own physical health to keep me well, and that is for public health reasons, but also general health. It is for mental and emotional health support. It is for mood support, for reducing body aches and pains, to keep my energy somewhat high, which is difficult through pregnancies and postpartum with with young kids. And exercise really does help to support that. It is for me feeling my own joy and my body moving, for my body doing physical things. The thing that I've been thinking about so much, probably over the last six months or year, has been about my bone health, my bone density. This has become so interesting for me. Just like this constant thought of, yes, I hope my bones are dense. I hope my bones continue to be dense. This is the stuff I am interested in now. I want my body to be capable I want to feel capable in my body and in turn, my life. And for me, a lot of it also goes along with this idea that picking up heavy stuff in the gym, being able to do difficult things physically, and of course, difficult is relative to everybody and in every phase, But doing these somewhat difficult things helps me to feel like I can manage the rest of my life 
more easily, more efficiently, more effectively. I feel like I can show up more as me going forward with some form of movement and exercise in my life. I feel way less pressure on myself when exercise isn't about aesthetics or performance. So I have no goals. I have no exercise-based goals other than to move my body like a couple times a week, two, three times a week. I feel really good at that spot. And also, I feel really okay if I don't move my body two or three times a week. That has been probably the main lesson for me with pregnancy and postpartum exercise is knowing that I can be okay without exercise. And that didn't used to be the case. And for me, that feels like such success now that I have other tools and strategies to help take care of myself soothe myself, feel okay in my body and my mental health. I used to turn to exercise for everything. And with pregnancy, postpartum, surgery, postpartum recovery, little kids where your schedule will be constantly flipped on its head, the schedule isn't really a thing. And for me, being tied to a schedule isn't healthy. I want my relationship with exercise, again, to be flexible and just easy ease. That's the word I always come back to, ease. So here's the thing, (laughs) working out alongside young kids kind of sucks. It's really not fun a lot of the time. There's a lot of whining, there's a lot of crying, there's a lot of fetching snacks, wiping bums and vulvas, and this is just the reality of it. So I make it so simple for me to get some movement in. A lot of the time, that's two or three exercises at a time. And then I'll come back to that programmed workout maybe the next day, five days later. And again, there's ease around that too. I follow my own programming from To Pregnancy and Beyond, which is my monthly membership workout program. So we keep the same workouts for four weeks and then we progress on to the next phase. For me, it's really helpful to have a set structured program. So I just open up the website, see the program I'm working on. I choose workout A or workout B and I just do the exercises and the reps and the sets that are listed. So as little mental energy around the workout as possible and just get to it. Boundaries, big time when I'm working out with my kids. They will ask for me to watch them or help them every three and a half seconds. And a lot of the time I say, I can't help you right now. I need to do five more. Or you're going to have to wait a minute because mommy's doing her exercises right now. I will get to you when I'm able to. Over and over and over again repeating these phrases and it's hard for them and that's okay it's hard for them and that's okay so i don't exercise with them to show them this example of a mom or a woman who takes care of themselves although i think that that is worthy and valuable and important 
But for me, I even think the the more important lesson here is me demonstrating the boundary for them that this time isn't about them. This time is about me. And they're one and four years old, so they don't get that. <laughs> they don't respect that, but they will. They'll catch on. Them hearing it over and over and over again, it will become a thing for them in their lives to see mom setting this and holding this boundary for herself and that I'm excited about. I'm excited to give them an example of a woman, specifically as I identify as a woman, who holds boundaries around her own health and her own care. I hope that is helpful, friends. As always, if you have questions, feel free to email in, DM me on Instagram, Facebook. Always happy to answer these for you. We hope you enjoyed listening to this episode of the To Birth and Beyond podcast. You can find any links or resources we discussed in the show notes at tobirthandbeyond.com. And if you enjoyed today's show, we would love for you to leave us a review on iTunes and subscribe to the To Birth and Beyond podcast in iTunes or Stitcher. 